1: Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Today for Song of the Soul, we have a wonderful guest whose music goes in directions we've seen too rarely on this program. Jack Kessler is a Jewish cantor, but that is merely the starting place for the wildly diverse music he makes. In addition to his cantorial work, Jack directs and leads two performing groups. One is Atsilut, a Jewish-Arabic collaboration, and the other is a cyclone of creative music called Klingon Klezmer. Jack Kessler goes deep. He twirls high and will give you a unique musical experience as he shares his spiritual journey through song. Jack, I'm so glad you could join me for Song of the Soul. Thank you. One of the main things I know about you is you're a cantor. Tell me about the congregation you work with or the congregations and what your job as a cantor involves.
2: For starters, I don't have a regular job as a cantor. I did for a long time, I worked in traditional synagogues for about 20 years But that ended about 20 years ago, and since then I have done a whole variety of different things. I still do some cantorial functioning. I occasionally lead uh, services in my home congregation here in the Mount Airy neighborhood in Philadelphia, which is called PNAI, P-N-A-I, second word, or OR, meaning Faces of Light. I do that for the love of it. I don't do it as a job. I do occasional services for other congregations on a spot basis, such as the High Holidays.
1: Why did you go from that transition? You were a regular, I guess, cantor. Is that because something like Panay or they don't have regular cantors?
2: Well, that particular congregation actually is a substantially lay-led congregation. The rabbi is uh, Marsha Prager, who happens to be my wife, and the way she has developed the congregation over the last 16 or 17 years now is to have a group of service leaders who rotate around. She and I rotate in about every six weeks or so, but there's a whole group of people that she and I have trained to lead services. This has a kind of a democratizing influence.
1: So what would be the role of a cantor in a more typical synagogue or in Jewish life in general?
2: Well, the question is what is the role of anybody leading a service? Speaking in terms of what the cantor does, On one level, a cantor is a spiritual musician. There's a huge and rich, varied tradition of material, some of which has been dated back a thousand years from traditional communities all over the Jewish globe. The specific mission of the cantor is to partly be kind of a repository and a channel of the tremendous tradition of spiritual music, Beyond that, specifically, you're talking about leading in a service. The function of the leader, looking at it on a spiritual level, kind of harkens back to the original function of the Kohen, which is translated as priest, which is a very approximate translation, like many, in the Great Temple of Jerusalem a long time ago. The leadership function there was really a shamanic function, acting as a kind of interface or a lens to connect the congregation, uh, the people in general, to higher consciousness. That still is very much at the core of synagogue worship nowadays. Someone who is in that kind of position, a leadership position of a liturgical, a ritual event, is really functioning as a gateway to higher consciousness. And people do that with different tools that we have available to us. The traditional liturgy as the liturgical musical tradition, and the tradition of Torah teaching all get combined.
1: To become a cantor, is there an actual degree, or who certifies you as a cantor? How does that come about?
2: Cantorial training historically was done very much along the lines of Any training, you know, before colleges and universities, you had the guild system for most crafts, which was somebody with the desire and the talent would become apprenticed to a specialist in a particular field. This was true of cantorial training also. Nowadays, in the last approximately the 70 to 90 years, there have been several cantorial schools established. So the main Jewish denominations, uh, the seminaries, in addition to rabbinical schools, they have cantorial departments. They graduate cantors with a degree. And also, Aleph Alliance for Jewish Renewal, about uh, 10 years ago, started its own cantorial program. This is the national network of Jewish renewal folks all over the landscape. Uh, There is a rabbinical program that has around fifty students and there is now a cantorial program that has around ten students I happen to direct that
1: program. This all sounds really wonderful and I think I'm getting desperate for a touch of some of the music that you have connection with. Where can you lead us?
2: We're going to start branching a little farther afield from functioning the way I've been describing as a lens to the divine. Jewish music is a wide, rich field. Global Jewish music, the way I use the term, means the sum total of the tremendous range of the music of different Jewish communities who have lived in such a vast array of cultures all around the globe. There's the music of the Jews of Bombay. There's the music of the Jews of... Bukhara of Yemen, the Spanish Jewish Sephardi tradition, which is largely all around the Mediterranean, and of course, the great Ashkenazi, which is the Eastern European Jewish music world, which mostly doesn't exist anymore. But we live in that tradition. The American Jewish world follows heavily the Eastern European tradition because that's where the wave of immigrants came from in the late 19th century. In terms of the music that we're going to be listening to, the piece that you're going to be playing is called Malka Kadisha. This is by my ensemble, Atsilut. We're going to be talking about two ensembles that I direct, my performance projects. Atsilut, also known as Atsilut Concerts for Peace, started out as a spiritual Jewish performance ensemble and morphed into a combination ensemble of Arab and Jewish musicians which do music for the peace process. The piece, Malka Kadisha, the text is from the Kabbalah text, the mystical text about the union of the male and female principles on Shabbat, which produce consciousness. I'm getting kind of, kind of deep here. The piece is a combination of traditional Eastern European cantorial song, That's the whole first part with the solo voice that you're going to be hearing. And the rest of it is a Middle Eastern-style setting using polyrhythms with the nine-member Middle Eastern Ensemble, Atsilut, that basically combines both the Eastern European traditions and some of the range of the Middle Eastern Jewish communities. You could say that we're doing a kind of Jewish world music, a combination of different Jewish music styles. So the piece
0: is called Malka Kadisha.
1: Song was Malka Kadisha, performed by Atzilut Atzilut being a musical group directed by my song of the soul guest, Jack Kessler. Now, Jack. The group is kind of a religious bridge. You know, you and other Jews, along with Arabs, who I guess, well, I guess they could be Muslims, I suppose, but of course there are a lot of other religious groups and non-religious Arabic people and groups. But what I'm trying to get to is the question of why and how the group came together. And I suppose the Concerts for Peace part of your name is part of the story.
2: Uh, By the way, in terms of the religion, This is not a Jewish-Muslim project by any means. As you're aware, there are lots of non-Muslim Arab communities. This is a cultural bridging project. As a matter of fact, a couple of the main Arab members of the ensemble happen to be Maronite Christians. How did it happen? It originally started out... We all show up at each other's performances. You know, Atzi Lut was doing, you know, purely Jewish music, and a couple of the guys knew a couple of other guys who were an Arab band performing in Philadelphia. And we thought it'd be fun to get together, and we did. And uh, we said, wait a second, we got something going here because there is a commonality to Jewish music and Arabic music. We originally tried doing a couple of concerts in Philadelphia, where the Jewish ensemble would come out on stage and play a couple of pieces. And then we go off stage, and the Arabic ensemble would come on stage and do a couple of pieces. And then uh, we had, like, you know, one finale we would do together at the end. After a few concerts like this, you know, we all got together and we said, wait a second, you know, what are we doing? We can play each other's stuff. Let's just do it all together all the time. That's how it happened.
1: Can you give us another example, Jack, of the music of Atsilut? And by the way, what does that mean?
2: Ah, Atsilut. Well, Atsilut is a term from the Jewish mystical tradition, from Kabbalah. In Kabbalah, there are several models of how divine consciousness is realized. And atzilut, which the dictionary meaning of the word is coming near, is the term for one of the worlds of the four-world model of Kabbalah, the aspect of the cosmic reality that is pure spirit, no physicality, pure spirit consciousness, which is the beginning of the creative process. Slightly hubristic, but that's how we started out, and we also became Ati Kant for Peace because we have morphed into a larger ensemble. As a matter of fact, we've become known in Europe as the Middle East Peace Orchestra
1: that is something to live up to it's great aspiration so i bet you have some more of that holy source stuff coming through the next song you're going to pick out what's that one
2: okay well Azamir is it's a combination piece although i'm i'm the vocalist on it the music is originally an arab classical piece by the 19th century arab composer uh, sheikh rahman al Maslub. it's a, a song of longing to be united with the distant lover the text that I have applied to this piece in the arrangement that we're using is a piece called Azamer Bishvachin, I Will Sing Out in Praise, by the 16th century Kabbalah master Isaac Luria. It's a poem celebrating Friday night Shabbat, the banquet, which is seen poetically as the wedding banquet for the combination of the male and female consciousness. Of course, this is actually played out in the larger tradition that it's thought of as a very high thing to get pregnant on Friday night, a feature of Jewish family life. The solo section features a duet between myself on vocals, it's an improvisational duet, and the Arabic violin and oud master Simon Shaheen, who uh, is a phenomenal violinist. As a matter of fact, Simon Shahin is from an Arabic village in northern Israel.
1: The song is Azamir, and it's being performed by the group that Jack Kessler directs called Atzilut. Some more awesome music by Atsilut. Jack Hessler is the director, and he's here today with us for Song of the Soul. That song was Azamir. You're listening to Song of the Soul, and I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet. This is a Northern Spirit Radio production. That means that you can also go to our website, northernspiritradio.org, and hear this program and others again, and leave comments when you visit. We'd love to hear from you. We do broadcast originally from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. The local station here is WHYSLP, Eau Claire. I can't tell you, Jack, how impressive all this music is to me and how much I love it. You know, this is the music that I've been dancing for the last 30 years that I've been doing international folk dancing, Israeli folk dancing being my favorite. And, of course, Israeli folk dancing covers the globe. And I love the culture of the music, and I think you make really quite a statement through this collaboration. But I wonder what the root of it all is for you. You know, it could be plain old music, sharing culture, making political statement, passing on spiritual message, you know. What's the root and what's the proper mix from your point of view?
2: I occasionally think about this myself, like, what's going on here? Why am I doing this? We're looking at music as a powerful force for healing. With the Atzilut Ensemble, people occasionally ask us, they're thinking of having a concert, they're very nervous, are we going to do politics? And we say, no, we don't go to politics. We're beneath politics. We're kind of like down at the ground process of where it all really happens. Politics and governments ultimately are a result of what happens down inside people's hearts. Okay? My experience has always been that Jewish music is a healing music, be it the sacred liturgical tradition, or be it the Middle Eastern folk connected kind of thing that the Aziyut ensemble does, or be it the old-timey dance music taken into Gonzo land that the Klingon band does, it's still all the same thing, which is music as a healing force.
1: Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. You mentioned the other group you direct, Klingon and Klezmer, and I'm eager to get to their music. But first, I think there's a little bit more music you want to share of your Jewish-Arabic group. What do you have for us next?
2: One more piece by the, the Atibut Ensemble that I'd like to share with you this morning is called Hine Ma Tov slash Ma Achla'a. This is a duet piece with myself and Maurice Shadid, the Arab singer. It's a combination of of Hebrew and Arabic text, which means pretty much the same thing. Here, behold, how sweet and good it is when we can all live together in peace. And the Arabic is live together lovingly in peace. This is a melody that was popular in Israel-Palestine in the 90s. Unfortunately, since then, that music has not been heard very much in Israel and Palestine. And it's, uh, it's going to probably take a while before that song can be heard once again.
1: Well, we can only hope it comes back. Again, could you say the name of the combined Hine Matov? And I, I didn't catch the second part.
2: Hine mach, Ma Achla'a. And <laughs> that's uh, the best thing we can do because uh, uh, the title is in two languages. <laughs> again,
1: by Atsi Lute, Jack Kessler directing. Hine Matov. Come oh. song by Atzilut, mixed Jewish and Arab. And have we named the entire band? Since there's nine members to the band, Jack, I'm not sure if Arab and Jewish covers it all. Is, is there further reaches? Maybe there's someone from Albania there? I don't know.
2: Uh, let's see. We have an Armenian. And when we perform in Europe, uh, there's a Swede. And there's uh, another guy who is, I believe, a Swedish citizen but is actually comes from a mixed marriage of a gypsy and an Indian. So there is something of a world music aspect to the lineup of players
1: sounds like great fun. Is this something that you could also take and do around Israel, or is that a little bit too touchy to bring the groups together there?
2: We could play in Israel, but there's financial issues. Nobody has you know, money to import all those musicians. And that's one issue. As far as playing in Arab countries, we've talked to a few people about it. There was a feeler sent out for us to possibly play in Egypt a while ago. That doesn't seem to have gone very far. The, you know, the, the, the vibes are bad. Let's be uh, realistically, the level of anti Israeli propaganda has made it currently, it's just like not a happening thing. The interesting thing is that when we play in other countries, either here or in Europe, Arab members of the uh, audience have a great time. Everybody loves it, and everybody feels the positive message that we're putting out. We have had a tremendous response from audiences because music is a tremendous emotional carrier wave one thing that we stress when we're planning a concert with uh, a concert promoter or something we don't make speeches we don't go out there and make you know a whole lot of talk about you know how nice it is to coexist etc cetera, etc cetera. we go out there and we play and the music just says the whole thing right there As a matter of fact, we played some years ago at the United Nations, the concert for the diplomatic community at uh, Dag Hammarskjöld Hall. It's It's in the UN complex. At the end of the concert, the whole audience, which is all of the diplomatic community, including all of the Arab delegates, gave us a standing ovation. I think on a certain level, everybody wants what we're talking about.
1: Well, as I was asking before, you play with other groups, too, in addition to your cantorial work. So tell me about that collaboration.
2: This takes us back to your original question, like, you know, know, why am I doing what I do, and, you know... Who am I? One reason that I ceased doing full-time congregational work is because I felt that I wanted to move beyond the physical limitations of working in one synagogue for one congregation all the time. I could get poetic about it and say that uh, uh, every time we do a concert, the audience is the congregation. We don't have to go there exactly. However, Jewish music is really, as I said, a very large field. Uh, It's got all sorts of wonderful folk material, uh, celebrational material, the sacred tradition. The other ensemble that I direct is called Klingon Klez, and it's kind of a klezmer fusion band, Let me go back yet one more step. Here's here's the the crossover point. Like, you know, why is somebody who is pretty obviously heavily tracked to doing sacred music going off and doing party music, which is what Klezmer has uh, historically been. It's celebration music. One way of looking at it is that Jewish music has a certain essential nature in common with most musics of the world, except for Western music. Western music in the terms of music history is pretty much a unique phenomenon because between the art music, let's say classical symphonic music and the folk music of those countries like Germany, France, etc, there's a huge gap. You're either doing folk musician or you're a classical player, you know, doing Mozart and whatever. Most of the world cultures do not operate like that. There is very much of a continuum, an unbroken continuum, from the simplest folk melodies to the most sophisticated art performance. This is true, for instance, in Indian music. Indian classical music is a very high art, but it's also very much connected to the basic folk melodies of the Indian cultures. This is also true of Jewish music. There is a continuum from the simple folk melodies to the, shall we say, more virtuosic art form of cantorial song. Klezmer tradition began around 500 years ago by Jewish musicians with the building of ghettos. The Jewish communities were more and more cut off from the outside world by turning more Inwardly, using the synagogue chant tradition as its source combined with other folk influences and other music of other cultures, because you always do uh, what you hear in the street to some extent, created Jewish celebration music. This was turned into klezmer, which is basically party music, what you play at weddings, because that's mainly the kind of party you got to have. Honestly, I didn't exactly set out to say. I am going to explore global Jewish music and go in that direction do all these different things. It just sort of happened as I decided in the uh, late 80s early 90s that I really wanted to expand and do all you know everything I could. I ended up with two ensembles. One is the Atsilut, the Middle Eastern spiritual slash music with Arab concerts for peace thing, And the other band is Klingon Klez, which is a bunch of awesome musicians who are jazz monsters who kind of went off in this direction with me saying, let's see what we can do with the Klezmer tradition. And what this band has done, some folks think it's kind of radical because it doesn't sound like Eastern European Klezmer. We've got jazz, funk, Motown, reggae, rock and roll, you name it, that has influenced the music that we're doing. So, uh, which piece would you like to delve into first? Any music by that band
1: is going to be a winner, in my opinion. But how about we start with
2: something about the Sabbath? Okay, you got it. This piece is called Mojo Shabbos. Don't ask me why. I think I got the name when I was watching an Austin Powers movie
0: i America, 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 America. Materialismo, military machismo, it can make you feel pretty bluish. America, America, America. But Friday night, you can let it all go, you don't even have to be Jewish. Kadoni. It's darkly Looking through The glass onion Darkly Fixing the world With an climb Don't let this Be an impediment Let your whole life Be an experiment Just grab your hand Step out of time
1: Joe Shabbos by Klingon Klez, the group that's led or directed by Jack Kessler. We just listened to a wonderful fusion of a lot of different music. And you know, Jack, what that reminds me of the most is a band we have here in Madison, Wisconsin called Reptile Palace Orchestra. And they describe themselves as Balkan Lounge Funk.
2: Okay. Yeah, you're going to get a certain amount of uh, the lounge part and the funk part, yeah, and the Balkan part. You know, klezmer music contains quite a bit of the Balkan influence. So if you were to say put on a concert where we played one set and that band played another set you could say oh yeah i could see why those guys were on the same stage
1: you said you don't know you just kind of made up the name mojo shabbos shabbos obviously sabbath for those who don't speak hebrew mojo i'm not even sure what language that's from
2: well that's a whatever Uh, the message of the song is actually—it's it's a pretty strong message. The essence of Shabbat is Shabbos. It's really very radical. So it's got a, a political overtone. Also, the idea is you don't have to always be stuck in the regular world and beholden to the corporate bureaucracy in your job and whatnot. You can actually unplug and go to a different place and go to a, a more natural, deeper place. You can relax and enjoy who you really are. This particular piece goes through a bunch of different stylistic things, uses some traditional klezmer material, and also some a little bit of Yiddish theater. Anybody who is familiar with any of that stuff is going to say, wait a minute, what are those guys doing? We just heard a little bit of that. And the answer is yes. This piece has everything but the kitchen sink. But the message is universal. Another thing that you will notice that we've started doing our klezmer performance is realistically yiddish is no longer the lingua franca of the vast majority of jews the point being if you want people to understand what you're doing and what's your message you have to do it in a language they can grok in which case we're doing uh, quite a bit of our material nowadays in english Part of what we've done, uh, in addition to working with, of course, a bunch of outrageous musicians who just play so great, it's worth it to come and listen to them, is to put a very strong message of social transformation into our programming. This is one aspect of klezmer, which in the old country wasn't particularly strong, but there was a very strong. Yiddish socialist movement for change, uh, along with the rise of communism and socialist ideologies and trade unionism. There were a lot of Jews in Europe and also in this country that were involved in these movements. It's essentially a kind of a messianic drive to make the world a better place. The pieces that we're doing, some of this comes out of the song literature of those workers' up with people movements around the turn of the century. This next piece is, it's not a socialist, let's take over the world. It's kind of like just music will heal our souls. <laughs> this is on the Klingon Klez CD, Blue Suede Jews, which, by the way, is available at CD Baby, and as along with our earlier CD called Honey, Would You Be Sugar Tonight, this piece, it's an original piece, it's not a, uh, an old traditional piece, but the main melody is written in typical Klezmer 2-4 dance style, but it really is a crossover piece. Uh, we morph into a huge Latin dance thing, and then we come back again to the original melody, and of course what's happened is that by the time you get around to the finale, You've got a combination experience
1: happening. And the song is the Odessa Havana Trolley. Let's hop on it. Just took a ride on the Odessa Havana trolley, but unfortunately we've run out of time, so I had to cut off the last couple of minutes. We didn't make it to the end of the trolley line. But as you said, Jack, folks can get your music from cdbaby.com, or I'm sure they can just follow a link from your klingonklezmer.com site. Wow, what great music. I tell you, it was hard to just sit here through it. It is the kind of music that I want to move to, and all the more so that the group I'm part of, Quaker folk dance group called the Friendly Folk Dancers, this coming October, we've been invited to tour with Quakers in Cuba. So I may be going to Havana.
2: That is awesome.
1: I just wish you could come along and provide the music for our tour.
2: As a matter of fact, a little while ago I was in contact with the synagogue in Havana and they invited us to come and play because certainly if we were to go there we would do the Odessa Havana trolley. We're kind of waiting for a sponsor. We need somebody who will provide some sort of performance grant to cover all of the transportation expenses.
1: Well, people can find links to you and both of your groups via my website. I do want to mention what the names are. Atzilut, the website is atzilutmusic.com. And for Klingon Klezmer, it is KlingonKlezmer.com. And of course, just go to NordenspiritRadio.org and you'll find links to them. It's such a pleasure to hear your music and the way that you're bringing the world together through your music. It's just an awesome witness you're living out your spiritual life that way, Jack.
2: Thank you very much, Mark.
1: That was Jack Kessler, Jewish cantor, and oh, oh, so much more. He was joining us from his home in Philadelphia. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul.
3: the song of the soul